Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. In today's coaching call, I talk with three distinguished martial artists who operate successful martial arts schools, and we discuss back-to-school, business, and mindset. My guests are Kevin Kalzewick, who is a nine-time world champion and full-contact professional fighter. Josh Arsimont owns Hero Martial Arts Academy, He's a sixth degree black belt in Taekwondo and a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Rick Rando is a keynote and featured speaker at hundreds of events and has worked with countless distinguished companies. Welcome everyone. Thank you for being on Coaching Call. I'm here with Kevin, Rick, and I'm here with Josh. Great martial artists who really make a difference in their community and now making a bigger impact in the world. Hi guys. Hey sir, thanks for having us on. It's totally my pleasure. The topic today is back to school. And what we want to do is get everybody's take on it. What does that mean to you? And what can it mean for your community? Sure, I can go first. Back to school is one of those season changes, especially in our business as a martial arts school. Most of our clients are kids. So heading back to school, this is a time for us to better serve our community and work with the school district and in different ways to help and give back. We like to do things like teacher appreciation breakfasts and donating our time, energy, uh, money in any way we can, whether it's an open house, career day for the kids, just so many different ways, so many different things that we do. And we even love to, and I know a lot of people do this, but we love to go in and work with the kids in each elementary school. So we'll do school talks. I'll be the PE instructor for the day. And in those talks, what we really focus in is not the martial arts so much because the teachers don't really care about us teaching the kids martial arts because in their eyes, it's violence or it's aggression. What we really focus on is teaching the character traits that every teacher and every parent needs and wants. And for us, it's focus, discipline, respect, to name a few. But back to school is a great time for us. There's a lot of energy. The kids are heading back to their routines. And for us, that's like the best time of year, This the busiest time of year too, September, October, and leading into November. We're just excited to get to roll this out. And I'm 
I'm interested to hear everyone's opinion and what they do and how they approach back to schools. Let's figure out what we're all doing. And so hopefully someone else can say, oh, I didn't think of that. Let me do it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. We do a lot of the same exact type of stuff. We're very involved in the schools and the community. We try to get involved with the PTAs, donations, givebacks, things like that, teacher appreciation. One of the things that we always do at the beginning of the year, when it ties into another system that we have, is at the beginning of the year, we send a letter with every single student to all their teachers. And we introduce ourselves as martial arts instructors and leaders in uh, education with them, partners in education with them. And we let the teachers know that what we're planning to do is check in with them two or three times throughout the school year just to make sure that our students are getting good grades. They're being respectful of their classmates, being respectful of their teacher. They're doing all their work on time. We expect them to have a martial arts attitude, not in martial arts, but at school, too. It's a way of life. We kind of explain that, introduce ourselves. Building that rapport with the teachers in the beginning of the year is really important. Another thing we do at the bottom of that letter, we have a little spot at the bottom of the letter that says, we also come in and do free school talks. So if you're interested, we can come in and we can do a talk specifically on focus for better grades. It has nothing to do with martial arts, but we talk about focusing and why focusing is important and how focusing is going to help you this year. It's going to help you kick off the school year and have an amazing school year. And we get a lot of teachers that return those letters. They sign it and say, yes, can you please come in and do a free 15-minute school talk? So we come in and we, we do that. And we also tie that into a mass intro. And it's a great way to get the year kicked off. And every year we do that, we get about 25 to 30 new members just from doing that. Nice. The big thing is, again, it's introducing yourself to those teachers in the beginning. I feel like every martial arts school wants to get into the schools, right? Because that's where our target market is, our kids, like 80% of our schools. And there's a lot of cheesy, silly things that are out there now, like showing up with the donuts or doing this or that. The schools see that coming a mile away. And this is a great backdoor way to get in saying, hey, we have a student go directly to the teachers. We have a student who's in your class. and We want to make sure that we're keeping them good examples of what martial arts is. And this is who we are. We're going to be checking in throughout the year and kind of building that rapport one on one with the teacher instead of just going straight to the office or the principal. Nice. Rick, this is the uh, the mastermind, right? Josh and Kevin do it better than anybody else. Obviously, that's uh, why we've, we've aligned today with these guys. Yeah, I don't want to just continue to repeat some of the same things. We do almost virtually all of that. I love that idea with the letter, Kevin. That's something I hadn't heard before. So yeah, we, uh, we're definitely going to be using that one. That's cool. One of the things that we do here at the studio is we want to stress the importance of great grades. So we have multiple times during the year events where we celebrate those that are getting great grades. So we do our, our super great pizza party where for those that got uh, honor roll students or straight A's or uh, all A's and one B, things like that at the to know the school and the, some schools, they have four quarters. Some schools actually have six quarters. If A's and B's, they give you know, one, twos, threes, and fours. Some schools give like checks and pluses. And it seems like every school is different in our area. The other thing that we do at the end of the year, we do uh, an academic achievement patch. So if you get straight A's for the whole year, we're just actually wrapping this from the 2020 slash 2021 school year. You get to wear a special patch and uniform. We celebrate you. We've integrated some Chick-fil-A, some coupons for different things that we pay for and just give out as a celebratory factor to reinforce those good grades. And again, I think that's another way that we as leaders can connect school administrators, principals, guidance counselors, say, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're that solid rock that you can build in outside of the fundamentals that you give kids six and a half to seven hours every day. Because let's face it, as martial arts, we're leaders in our we we are. Comp stiller. So we are in most cases 
when most kids aren't going to church. Our masks sometimes are the only time where they hear character development. It's the only time they hear where ethics matter and work ethic. And I think that well, you just look at the 80s when you go by a martial arts studio and they have all the trophies in the window. And that was the selling point. Who had the biggest trophies, had the most trophies? People don't care about that anymore. Okay. They want more. They want it, it's got to be deeper that we're actually building leaders for life on our floor. And uh, we do it in a way that's positive. Where think about it, it's not a team sport. When you come to a test, you're not rooting for any for anybody specifically to fail. Baseball game, there's gonna be a winner, there's gonna be a, a loser or a learner, however you look at it. Martial arts, there's everybody plays every play. There is no bench, there is no starting five. There can be when you do tournaments and things like that. But our job is to continue to pour into these kids that maybe don't have a chance in any of the other sports and maybe aren't coordinated. They don't know left from right. Some of these kids have severe cognitive limitations, physical challenges as well. And I think that communities, especially if you're new, if you're a new martial arts school owner, you need to make sure that you, you have that presence known. Say, listen here, we're not going anywhere. One of the things that, that we also do when new students start is what we have, we have, we call what we have our stat fact. We, I've been doing martial arts for 33 years. Okay, what does our martial arts studio do? What are we known for? When you sign up for classes, that we're still going to be here next month, next year, and 10 years from now. It's a legacy piece that we put out. It's, oh my goodness, this many people have increased grades in the first three months. We've done this many speaking engagements, or we've connected in communities, maybe internationally. We have this many Black Belt graduates that have gone on to this many colleges with full scholarships. And I think that partnership with the, the educational system in place, whether it's middle school, elementary, high school, whatnot, is super important to say, hey, listen, guys, we're not going anywhere. We're here. And all we want to do is help you and serve you. And I know that Josh probably does that better than anybody because he's always in a school. Every time I turn on a social media feed, he's in a <laughs> That's awesome. So it's good. Josh probably could comment a little bit more about how to actually do that and get in. I've been doing it so long. I'm just the karate guy. So when people want martial arts stuff, they just call us. It's crazy. How many times I, I've spoken in the same school, 22 uh, straight years. They just call me. I'm the, I'm looking at anyone else. It's just because I've been doing it for that long. But if you're new, you know, maybe Josh can comment and obviously Kevin, how to secure that. I love the idea with the letter, Kevin, I'm going to use it. Yeah, let, let me jump in there and tell you some of the things that I've done as well. In the past, before 9-11, I was at a school every week. I used to bring a sword and do a sword demonstration. <laughs> I used to bring weapons, and I used to even have a kid hold the sword, and that was the highlight. And I used to even have specific teachers say, we want Raphael this week, because I used to go to classrooms. Sometimes I used to do a whole auditorium presentation, and that was on a monthly basis, but different schools. Once 9-11 hit, they're like, nope, we don't want anybody at the school. Okay. So how do we get around that? If you are trying to get into a school system and it does not work, there is, and Kevin said it, a backdoor. How do we handle that situation? PTA, Parent Teachers Association. So some of your students, parents may be part of the PTA. Some of them may be the president, vice president. So it's time to talk to those people and say, hey, we do, and like Kevin said, we do bully prevention, we do bully awareness, we do how to get A's and turn your B's into A's and your C's into B's and so forth, and we do these special talks. And what I have is I have a whole booklet of all the different seminars I can do and explaining it exactly how it is. 
And once in a while, here's the other thing, right? Back to school, we don't have to think about, oh, it's only in September. We got to start marketing in January. I'm in New York, so sometimes it's freezing and we're not going to do that. But I've hired specific people, very good looking people, so that they're very presentable. Either they're coming in a suit or they're coming in a nice dress or business for females, also business suit. However, they're, and I let them understand that I'm not going to judge what clothes you wear, but I want to be impressed by what you're wearing. So what I do is they go out with this binder and they go to pre-Ks, they go to childcare places, they go to camps. So we now are getting the word out there of what we do and who we are and we're community. And we let them know that if they ever need anything, we're available. The other thing I've done from when I first opened up in 1995, there was a camp a couple of buildings away from me. I went there, handed them my resume, told them I'm next door, pa, pa, pa. Immediately they said, we never thought of having a martial arts school come in. Can we also come to your place? Absolutely. So it was back and forth a couple of times a week. And that was a relationship for many years. Eventually I moved out of there. And so every year I've been not necessarily having my own camps, but I've been working for other camps. And what I do is I train my instructors to go to different camps. And my goal is not how much they're going to pay me. I'll put my instructors in place. They will work the camp. I show up unexpected and come in as a surprise guest. And I go crazy with the kids. You want to see the biggest kid in the room? That's me. I am nuts. And people are like, wow, so much energy. So I rile the kids up and then I leave. And there's some other instructors. They have to now keep the energy up. What happens with the camp is once I do surprise visits every so often. At the end, I say, hey, guys, this is before the pandemic. Do you guys put on a show? Great. Is it okay if I bring my other members to put on a show and use some of the kids who want to participate in the show? So we're prepping them. So now they're going to be part of a show. So we put on a show. I bring lion dancing. I do weapons, all this crazy stuff. And then the kids are doing punching and kicking and breaking boards. And so now the this is parent day. The parents are seeing it. And now this is late August. They're looking like, I didn't think about martial arts for my kid. And that's pull a lot of people in to say, now I know what you do. I, I knew of martial arts as one by my house, and it's fine. But now I've made that connection with you guys. And my son or my daughter has made the six or seven week connection with you. We want to go where they're comfortable. So that's one way that I've gotten into the back to school. The other way is virtual. Now we live in a different world. During the pandemic, I was doing virtual self-defense seminars, bully prevention seminars with schools. The PTAs were calling me. Hey, do, absolutely. How much do you charge? I said, nothing. Really? I said, yeah. How long do you want it? An hour and a half. What do you? I said, don't worry. And I have some Sesame Street videos that I would put on at first. And it's called, how do, it's with Elmo. And I'm sorry, Cookie Monster, and it shows the kids how to move your body, how to react with your body, how to use your body. And the kids love it. And then I go into wrist escapes, punch and blocking. But the, the whole thing is that I need the parents to be in the room when the, we're doing virtual, and I need the parents to participate. 
and they sign off on that, that they will be in the room and they participate. And so what winds up happening is the parents like, wow, this is cool. My kids loved it. I signed up some kids who actually were older than the group I was going for. And they had so much fun doing this virtual thing that when we went in person, the parents called up and said, can we come and join? My bo- both my boys want to come. This, this one wants to come. That They loved what you did and how you did it. So when we have to think, and Kevin, you said it perfectly, we can't do the cookie cutter stuff. We have to think outside the box. And here's another quick tip that whenever I go to a camp or I go to a, a school, whether it's breakfast, entrepreneurs for breakfast, any type of school talks, I bring something to give away. It could be pencils with my name on it, headbands. I print headbands, I cut them up, and they get headbands. And what does the headband say? Whatever my logo is, and, and it has my phone number. Simple yeah. enough. And, but it's got a cool dragon on it. Who wants one? Wow, everybody goes up. I even, when I go to the camps, I have all the counselors wearing headbands. Or if not headbands, I have wristbands. Everybody gets one. So I'll buy it that. But one of the camps I did a couple of years ago was I was teaching in one week. I was teaching a thousand kids. Everybody got a wristband. Everybody broke a board. So did I make money? No, that was not the key. Yes, it took time to do all that stuff. The key was at the end. There's where your reward is. So sometimes you got to give. It could be years in giving. It will come back. Oh, absolutely. I love that. I love the headband thing because we've done wristbands, we've done t-shirts, we do board breaking, all that. But the headband thing I think is cool, especially with Cobra Kai being so big right now. And they're about to come out with the new season and kids are into it, like loving it. And you always see those headbands, those Cobra Kai karate headbands. So I think that's super cool. Mr. Rando is, I think, the man when it comes to branding. So he probably has some good ideas on branding stuff going out. He his uh I remember his seminar years ago at the Super Show helped really turn my business around when it came to branding and put us on a super awesome success path. So I'm sure he can talk about branding stuff, but just real quick. One thing I was thinking of is with COVID in schools. And I think the landscape, we have to start thinking about the landscape of doing this and getting in the schools and helping out the schools and being involved in the schools. It's going to totally change because I don't know if they're going to really be wanting people in the schools with, with the pandemic, I think if you're not a, if you're not a teacher, because even though we're phasing ourselves out of this pandemic and people are getting vaccinated and everything else, I think schools are going to be really hesitant about people coming in and doing school talks. So we have to be thinking about ways outside of the box, like we talked about that back door of getting them to come to us. One thing that we've done in the past, and you were mentioning it a little bit, you have parents that are involved in the PTA or president's PTA or whatever. We'll actually do something where we partner with the PTA. And have the kids come to us. Every school, almost every school that I know of, does some sort of silent auction or some kind of event. And all those parents go in for that silent auction. They all go in for that event that could be the beginning of the year, end of the year, whatever. Those parents need somewhere for their kids to go. So what we've done is we've come alongside the PTA and said, hey, we'd like to partner with you on this event. You guys can charge $5, $10, whatever you want to charge. The kids will actually get dropped off at our martial arts studio when you go to that silent auction and we'll watch them for those two hours, three hours. And we're going to do games. We're going to do dodgeball. We're going to do board breaking. We're going to do all this fun stuff. Pizza night. We don't charge anything for it. Like you were saying, it's not a way for us to make money. It's a way for us to be involved and build that rapport and that relationship with our community. Right. 
the schools love it. They keep all the money. They do it as a fundraiser. And instead of us trying to get into school, the school's coming into us. They're coming into our martial arts school. Parents are getting assigned waivers. We're collecting that lead information. And when they come back after their event, they're seeing their kids having fun. We're, we always end with some kind of martial arts game, obstacle course, something. And that's a great way too to be right there in front of your target market without trying to get into the school specifically. So I think as the landscape, things are changing because of COVID, we have to be a little more creative. And for new school owners out there, I love Sifu, how you were saying, it's not about making money all the time. That comes when you are really, truly passionate about people and helping people. And you're really, truly passionate about helping change lives. That is important. And people see that money will come, but it's about give, give. Gary Vaynerchuk has a book, Jab Cross or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's what came to mind is everything's not always about making a dollar. Everything's not always about a sale. It's about what can you do to help your community? If you truly love your people and you truly love helping and you truly love your students, that will come. So I just wanted to throw that in there too, but I'll toss it back to you guys. I I actually want to give Josh some credit because you are doing a self-defense program right now. And I'm loving the, the post that you're doing it. And let's talk about that for a minute, because that also is going to tie back into the back to school, if you don't mind. Go ahead, Josh. So we're doing we do a free self-defense workshop. We do that multiple times a year. But one idea we had this year was to do this self-defense workshop. And we always do these. And then a bunch of people show up and and that's the end of it. And it's Mm -hmm. nice and it's great. It's great. It helps the community. But. We don't get a lot of turnover from that. We're, we'll get a lot of people who just want to take one self-defense. What we did is we offered this self-defense seminar. We had 40 people show up. And then we said, listen, if you like this, to really get good at, at self-defense, you can't take a seminar. You know what I mean? How good can you really get doing a seminar? You're probably going to remember one little thing. If that, after a year, it's probably out of your mind. But I said the thing, we taught them eight different lessons during the course of this 90-minute seminar. We said, so for the next, starting in summer for, for eight weeks, we're going to dive into each lesson for an hour. And so we're going to have an eight-week self-defense course. And uh, it's $99 for the entire summer. So it's a trial program for them. And uh, the first, first one we did, we said we're going to have 20 people maxed out at 20 you know, people. And that was maxed out within six days. So we had to offer another one. So every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 o'clock, we have 20 teen girls coming in to take part in this self-defense course. and and what's neat about that is we talked about some of you guys were talking about how you can get involved with the PTA and some of your parents are involved. A lot of these girls, a lot of the parents who brought their girls, they may not end up staying in our martial arts school because it's a summer thing. The, the girls are involved in gymnastics or dance or whatever. But we're making so many new connections with a lot of these parents who are the president of the PTA and are involved or are members of the chamber and, and so on. It's just another layer. I think what we're talking about is all these backdoor layers of things that we do in our school that are just systems that we have in our school that all kind of piggyback on each other that allow you that access and build that trust in the community. When we talk about giving back and, and sharing who we are, but it's also about trust, letting people know, hey, we're the good guys, we're here to help. Just speaking on that self-defense seminar. That's what we're doing now. And I'm really big on, you guys are saying, oh, he's always doing school talks and look what he's doing. But I'm really big on on promoting all that. So if you're doing something that's really neat like that, take pictures, post it, post video, post pictures. People need to see it. 
I think the only reason I'm on this podcast today is because I post so many uh, pictures <laughs> and video. <laughs> but that builds connection, not just in your community, but look what we're doing right now. We're reaching so many people through this podcast, but because of those methods that I'm talking about. So that's what that's my take on the self-defense side of things. Hope that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. I want to touch upon what you just said is that you offered it and people normally come and then they don't know nothing. A good segue is to target kids going into 11th grade. I'm going to tell you why. It's a self-defense for college. So what happens? The parents are nervous because, oh my gosh, my little one is going to leave. They're going to go to a different state. They're going to do all this. So now what I've done is before the pandemic, I used to work with the high schools and I used to do 11th grade only self-defense seminars. And at those, I would talk about saying no sometimes to some people means yes. So we used to talk about the things that really do happen because when you go to college, people do get raped. These are the real things that happen in real life. So we need to find all those different things. And colleges were probably getting better students because they were more aware. The high school was super happy because they felt happy that we were giving their students a positive energy and they were not as nervous going away. The parents were super happy because they felt that my daughter or my son knows how to protect themselves. And sometimes people only think of the daughters in a bad situation, but it could be the boys learning to say, when somebody says no, it means, whoa, stop, because there's circumstances that are going to happen, consequences if I continue. With what you're doing, I think if you take it that step further and target 11th grade, they're going away to college. But maybe they have little brothers or sisters, or maybe the parents themselves see the value of what you're doing. I want to take class. I had a conference with, with a parent who, the way I do things, in the past I used to take everybody. I'm done with that. What I do now is I allow them to train with us for one month, and I let them know, I'm testing you out because I'm going to protect my clients and I'm not just going to let anybody into our family. And we talked about family earlier. So I'm not going to let just anybody into my family. And I've turned people down. Try it. It's $79. It includes a free uniform. Try it out. Come as much as you like. I don't put a limit on it. Come every day. Do all the classes. Ask me questions. Here's my cell number, Baba. Everything. I want you to feel like this is part of who you are want to be. But also I'm seeing what their actions are. Are they coming? Are they on time? Are they practicing? Because if they're not doing those things, I don't want them. If the parents have negativity and they think this is drop off and they want to go shopping while the kids are in class, I don't want them. And I even had a parent the other day who I told him, this is what I need. And the, the dad drops it off. I spoke to the mom and then he leaves. I'm like, he said he was going to come right back. He waited for the whole class and then he comes in. I go, what happened to you? And he says, oh, I just went. I said, all right, that's one time. I said, next time you owe me a lot of push-ups. I said, I need you here for him. He's nine years old. old school, man. I like that. I love it. He's nine years old. He needs yeah. you here. You're, now he's got another kid. He, the other kid is 15. I said, him, you could drop off. He doesn't want you here anymore. That's cool. I'm okay with that. But the little guys. 
they need to know that you're supporting them the whole time. Even if you're on your phone the whole time, I will make a loud enough noise during your class. And I don't mind if the parents are on their phone because every so often I'll say, hey, guys, we're going to do something really cool. Take your phones out. Put it live on your Facebook. Make sure you tag us. Why am I going to yell at the parents because they are in everything that we know we are? Everybody's on social media. Gary V says it all the time. This, you can't control what people are doing with this. They're on the phone. They're going to do it. I use that to my advantage. It doesn't matter if the parent's on the phone, but as long as they're there for their kid, that's the connection we need. When the parents are not there, they don't see what we're doing. That's where the disconnect is. I, I love that you're doing the, the self-defense. Take it a step further. Kevin, you talked about Rick is great at branding. And I agree. How do we brand ourselves? And this is a question for Rick and everybody else. How do we brand ourselves so our community, and I'm not talking about the parents, I'm talking about the business owners in our community refer us. It's back to school. How do we make them know back to school means they're gonna, we're gonna send people to them, but guess what? All those people, they're gonna send us even more people. They're gonna send us to our pizzerias, our card shops, our mechanic, our tire changers, everything. So you have to actually, for me, go into your community and introduce yourselves and say, look, we have all these people. How can we help you? And Rick says it best. How can I serve you today? Take it away, Rick. This is my opinion. I think the proof is always in the pudding. Okay, lots of people say they can cook until you taste their cookies. The longer you're here, the longer you're doing what you're doing, the more traction that you're going to actually get. And also, I think results speak for themselves. And one of the things, again, that we do is we put that, that quick fact stat out, that, that sheet out. So if somebody calls us and they want information, there's a couple key information pieces that we need a cell number, we need a physical address, and we need an email. That's simple stuff. The cell is important for phone calls. Hey, we have you scheduled for Tuesday. Just want to see if you had any last minute questions the, the morning of, hey, we're going to see you today around 340. Don't forget, you wear loose fitting clothing. You want to be here about 15 minutes ahead of time. Rachel's at the front desk. She's going to take care of you. Just uh, make sure you can talk about mask policies or whatever else that's current at the moment. Yeah. So where are you guys located? Or so what door do we use? And is there ample parking or is there handicapped parking? I mean, you can answer all those last minute questions. So why do we need that? We need that cell number. Second thing is, why do we need an email so we can tailor our next marketing message to you? Either reminder emails. Look at the dentist, right? When you go to the dentist, how many, I don't know about you guys, but I get two emails. I get three text messages. I get two phone calls. Hey, it's Friday at one o'clock, Friday, one o'clock, Friday, one o'clock. Most people, why? Because when they go to the dentist, they get nervous. They get scared. They got a big surgery, whatever. Ah, just put it off till next time. Same thing a lot of times with martial arts. They get excited because they watch Cobra Kai. They want to sign little Timmy up to be like Johnny. And all of a sudden, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just, let's wait till summer's over. So the third thing is we talk about branding. And I think that this is crazy how, how life has evolved. But we do physical addresses because we send out snail mail stuff mm -hmm. all the time. We send out just like birthday cards and stuff like that. But we're sending physical flyers, physical invitations. We invite people to our class. Sort of like you said you were trying them out. Same thing here. We have an intro class. It's a five-week session. And then they have to be invited to the white belt class. Not everybody gets an invitation. So if you're not, and what I mean by that is if, if you have a kid and he's just all squirrely and he's all moving around or 
or a kid that's being disrespectful to mom and dad out in the parking lot, we won't invite that kid in. Instead, we'll set him up for, for private lessons to go ahead and get him caught up. Or if he's too young, we refer a different class or so on and so forth. But those three pieces of information, of course, and it's constant branding, constant branding, that you're establishing right from the get-go in that person's rapport that they have with you, that you're organized, that they matter, that their child matters to you, and that three, you're result-oriented. Okay, and of course, we all know about the, the three day follow up, the seven day follow up, the one month, the three month, all that stuff. That, that, those are easy things. Okay, everybody can do that. But you're constantly reassessing when you send these pieces of information out why it is that you're doing what you do. Mm-hmm. And I know that's so, that's such a thing to glaze over. Most people are like, well, I'm teaching martial arts. No, we don't teach martial arts. We build leaders, we're building champions, yes. we're building heroes. Josh, yes, hero martial arts. Why? Because where do the heroes go? Where the heroes train, where the heroes learn, where do the heroes level up? Hero martial arts, right? Kevin's like a walking a Power Ranger. You ever see this guy perform? He's getting ready to take on all of Europe coming up. I'm just been, I'm just old, you know. I've just been here uh, long enough where I have that luxury of that's the karate guy. Making sure that you and your community that there's this legend that is created around you and your studio, and it starts from day one. If you're a new owner, you have your work cut out for you. My guys ready to move to Virginia to open up a school down there, second location for us. And one of the challenges that he is constantly going to struggle with is making sure that he is in front of the right people and in right in the right circles to go ahead and get those students. Because you can have all the set, all the systems in the world. You still need bodies. So you need, you need people on the floor to market to. But the beautiful thing happens. And it's what they call, if you think of it like a spaceship uh, taking off or whatnot, or, or, or a plane taking off, it goes nice and smooth. And all of a sudden it goes here, you start going up, and then all of a sudden it goes straight up in the air. And that's what happens with this marketing. All of these funnels that you have out, they're constantly pouring in. That, that You just need that one person that has five really close friends that all of a sudden one person starts martial arts and little dragons. All of a sudden they, two, they say something to two friends and boom. Now they have two friends. We have one martial art class here, Little Dragons. It's Friday at 4.50. One boy started, and he referred 13 kids in that class. 13. We have one kid, 13 of his friends or or neighbors or an ex-wife. I don't know where these kids came from, but they they just came flooding in (laughs) within a two-month period. One kid, one connection, one system, one over-delivery, one brand. Our brand is kickstarting confident leaders. It needs to be something short. It needs to be a phrase that gets right in your face that tells you exactly what it is that we do. Okay. And and old older the days of the days are gone of, of the trophies in the window. People don't care about that. You can buy trophies. You we've all been to tournaments where you know, oh, we don't have enough in your division. So here's first place. It's like, what? You didn't even do anything. You give me a first place trophy for showing up. And it's lost the value too now though. It's lost the value too now where kids don't respect it because every kid gets a trophy now. Exactly. So there's no value and meaning to it anymore. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I think when you're talking about branding, I think it's almost a little bit of it has to go back to old school stuff because it's all Facebook and social media and so on and so forth. The other thing is too, that we wanted to solidify that not only do we have that piece where People are coming to us. They're, again, the homeschoolers are coming to us. And field trips are coming to us. That's another thing that we didn't talk about earlier. Field trips are really good, especially if you have lessons in some of the younger fifth, sixth grade when you're talking about different countries. want to see China and Asia and uh, Korea, and, and they talk about that. Well, guess what? You come down to your mo- local martial arts studio and get a ton of history, real life. One of the things for me is that I've changed my mantra a little bit of, of okay, now once they're in the door, 
we, it was always good before, but I want it to be awesome. Just change the front of our building, clean things up, but there's no clutter anywhere. If you look at most martial arts studios, they just have stuff everywhere. A lot of that is because of the space. We have an 8,000 square foot building. We have all the space we need. But I want to make sure it's all put away. All every, When you walk in, it looks like a hospital in here, especially post-COVID. You walk in, it's like everything is super clean. It's super organized. So when you walk in, you will, you even if you go somewhere else, even if you're here for a birthday party or a seminar, if you go anywhere else, you have to compare my building, everything else, every every place else you go, just like Disney World. Go to Disney, then you go to Hershey Park. It's not quite Six Flags. Uh, it's not Disney. Universal, Sea World. It's not Disney. So I want to be the Disney. <laughs> I, that's my. I humbly say that with branding, and we do the wristbands too with a catchy uh, uh, logo. The headbands, great idea. We've used that before. Board breaking, make sure you brand your boards. I know I think you guys all do that. That's but uh, anything that you can do. We also do T-shirts for the person that always hire. If somebody hires me to come in and speak, we always do T-shirts uh, with a Rando Speaks logo on it. Or it depends. If I'm local, I'll use Kickmaster stuff. If I go out of town, uh, I'll always use Rando Speaks stuff to facilitate future speaking engagements. But I think it's, I think branding, you got to think new school social media, but you got to think old school too. One of the cool things we did over the pandemic is we sent out, we miss you cards to all of our, our students. Hundreds and hundreds of these things went out and they were personally done by me. We opened up, it was like an origami thing I found online where you could cut paper a certain way. We made them 3D. So they glued things on, we opened it up and as a little figurine, a little cartoon figure of me, says, we miss you. We can't wait to see you back. Every single person got a piece of mail. How many kids get mail? You go back and it's, that's why you, you need to do things to stand out. Always stand out. So think new school like my man, Josh, and like Kevin, but think old school like old people. So let's talk about for a minute. We've been talking martial arts this whole time, right? This is based on martial arts schools and so forth. And I was talking with Josh earlier. You don't run your martial arts business with martial arts. You run it with a mindset of a business person. How do we attract other businesses to think of us when they are thinking of how they can grow their business? How can we facilitate a good partnership with another business? Not one, but all the businesses. Say you go in a three-mile area to start, or one-mile area, start small, and then build it up. How do we do that? Any ideas, any suggestions? I have a bunch, but let's hear from you guys. I don't mean to dominate, but I'll just give you one that I did this one. One. I just give you gives you one. I'm sorry. I, I know. Go I'm for it. Go for turn. It. But about a quarter of a mile away, there's a new place that does body work on vehicles. Okay. So I just happened to walk down. I said, welcome to the area. I'm just great to have you. I'm right up the road. Introduce myself. I said, hey, do you guys change oil? He said, yes. I said, great. I would like to set my car up. Hey, can I, I put, leave my vehicle here and then go back and come back and, and get it in about an hour? He's, yeah, just leave it here and come back. So when I came back, I told, I asked the guy, I said, hey, are you guys open on Saturdays? Yeah, because I know they close around six o'clock and most of our, our classes are at night. I said, if you ever want to do something here at the studio, welcome to. You can have people that come to the studio. They take their car down and drop it off. They'll take their, drop off their, their kid, go down and drop their vehicle off. And they, you can walk to the studio. And you can come back here, take class, and an hour later, you can go down and you have your oil change. So the biggest thing with oil changes is, okay, what are you going to do for an hour? You just sit there, at least in our area, not a lot to do. The guy's mind was blown. 
he was like, are you serious? That's a great idea. He goes, what's your name again? You know, because people are half listening. You know, during the corona scene. And that guy, he goes, so, so I said, what do I do? He goes, ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's on the house. Are you, are you for real? I said, no, I'll pay my $60, whatever. I'll change. I don't know. It's on the house. That's a great idea. I just think being open to opportunity, I think is the number one thing you can do. The other thing too is, again, it just goes back to what your brand is. And that's why I'm so brand heavy is what do people know you for? Is it expensive? Does it smell? Are you late? Are you pristine? Do you over deliver? Do you go to a kid's birthday party at 40 years old at the Chuck E. Cheese because you said you would and they're your student? Yeah, all of these things pour into that funnel to build that legend of you, that legend of your business. I'll just give you one example. Be open, be thinking outside the box. Who knew that uh, us and an oil change company would be partners? As of uh, two Saturdays from now, we are going to. Nice. Awesome. All right, guys, let's hear it. Who's got something for us? That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we like to, again, on, on building your brand, we like to partner or do things with other local businesses that are similar, like either they're health conscious or whatever. So we'll go to the local Froyo place and I'll buy a bunch of like little $5, $10 gift cards just as prizes to give away to our students in the summer. So we'll have a random day. They'll come in on a Wednesday and hey, I'm picking the top five kids in this class, the top five kids in the next class. And we're giving out these little gift cards and the businesses love it because they're not just going to buy one thing. They're going to buy something for mom or for dad or for the siblings or whatever. So it's driving business to them, but it's helping us stay involved in the local communities. We like trying to partner with other businesses that kind of have similar vision. I don't want to partner necessarily with a McDonald's, right? But I'm trying to, I'm trying to partner with other people that are health-based or fitness-based or have that same kind of mindset because that's where our target audience is going to be. Mm -hmm. Love it. So one thing that we do, we have a bulletin board in our school in a, in a location on the wall. And we like to highlight local businesses that we work with. And when I say work with, just businesses we've gone to and communicated with, they allow us to put some information out promoting our school and marketing what we do. And then we take their information, we highlight it on this bulletin board. But what's interesting is uh, we've gotten a lot of our customers, our clients, our students, parents who own businesses or they have a side hustle that they're trying to get off the ground. And we allow them to promote on there as well. And what it does, it, it just it's that, it's that kind of that recycling thing where you're giving back to your parents and then they're giving back to you. And then the word gets out in various ways. And we try to be... We, we try to work with them in different ways. If we do a, a community event, like for instance, we'll do like a, a trunk or treat event or some kind of festival at our location where we can invite other businesses in to set up booths. And we'll even charge them a little bit to set up a booth that they can promote their business. And then it ties their business in with our business and it builds that relationship so that down the road, if we need something from them or they need a favor from us, we can work. And it could be uh, mutually beneficial to both of us. But I found it's really neat to find out who in your circle of influence in your school owns a business or does have a side hustle because mm -hmm. everybody's nowadays, especially nowadays, everyone's looking for a side hustle and ways to make money. And hey, let's work together. How can we use this to work together? And maybe there's a way we can help promote each other. So that's something we do. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's guys, great. Have you guys ever thought of a treasure hunt? And like that's it. how, let me tell you about that's awesome because you get so many businesses involved. And what you do is you go to the businesses and we're going to give you something and somebody has to come and answer a question. If they answer the question, you give it to them. And then that's the treasure hunt. And so you go all these different businesses, but 
it's going to cost you a little bit of money. So you say, hey, look, if you can do this, here's 30 bucks. Whoever's at your front desk, all they have to do is they're going to, some kids are going to come in, maybe parents with them, and they're going to, they go there and then you have to ask them the question. Something simple. And they go, when was Bruce Lee born? Anything. Or where, any type of question. You can even do it based on the business. If they're selling, say, bagels, and the question is, what bagel do you think we sell the most? And so they have a few choices. And the kid answers, whoever answers the right one, boom, they get that prize. And then they go to these, they have a treasure map. And the kids go, maybe they have to even drive with their parents to all these different places. And now... The businesses are seeing, holy cow, all these different people are coming to my place. You're helping me generate. Because people may have may go to a business that they've never been to. The only reason they walked into that business is because it's a treasure hunt. And now what happens is that business is going to want to partner with you. Later on, what, what I've done is I said, okay, we're working together. I have a newsletter. Why don't I go ahead and put your, give me a coupon. I'll put it in my newsletter and give it to everyone. That works. The other one is once you fill that newsletter up, then you can start selling space in that newsletter. Nothing big, $5, $10, whatever you want. When you start doing a treasure hunt, it's going to cost you. And remember in the beginning, I said, it's not about making the money. It's about the end result. My end result is that these businesses are going to next year, or if you do it every six months or three months or four months, they're going to be looking to, hey, when is Sifu Raphael coming in? We got to do that treasure hunt with him again. And now if I say, hey, is it okay if I put my flyers in your place? By the way, give me your flyers. I want to put them at my place. But give me a coupon because everybody loves a sale. Everybody loves a coupon. So if I have the physical coupons somewhere in my location, my front lobby, people are going to go, oh, I say, hey, you're going to take this coupon with you. They're like, oh, cool. So now you're building this relationship of Sifu's taking care of us as a family unit. And then the business is saying, Sifu's sending people to us. So there's that synergy that I'm trying to build within my community. A treasure hunt it's going to cost you some bucks. Go to Amazon, buy little toys and stuff like that, and just give three or four to each business. Let's say it costs you 100 bucks for all the toys you buy. Make it 200 bucks. You give it to all these businesses, and then you have a certain time. The treasure hunt is from this time to this time, and that could be for certain the younger kids. For older kids, it could be at this time. And for the teenagers, which is sometimes very difficult to get a teenager to get involved, you make it a cooler treasure hunt where they actually, and you can make it even closer to the evening. Maybe you can even do the treasure hunt where they have to go to different restaurants and they get a free meal ticket. Almost go to this place. Wow, I got a free meal ticket. I can come back with dinner. And now all of a sudden, the businesses in your community see you as someone they can partner with. Not someone who's always looking for, hey, can I just put my flyer here? Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's I, a good one. I haven't heard that one before. That's that's, that's... thinking outside the box. I'm yeah, not thinking like martial it. arts. Yeah. I'm thinking community. 
Yeah, when that's a good one. And, and it's amazing too, when you do a lot of B2B stuff, when you do a lot of business to business stuff for the new school owners that are listening, it really does help build your business because when that owner of that business has somebody in and they're talking to somebody or a friend or a neighbor or another person that's just in there, maybe getting dinner that night, they think of you first and they refer you and it just, you come up in, in common conversation because you're so giving and you're giving back. I know you guys are really great at marketing and stuff, but for the new school owners listening, one thing that we like to do is a coloring sheet. I'm sure Josh does this and Mr. Rando does this. We'll go to the businesses and we'll say, hey, when families come in, they're eating dinner here at your restaurant. What do the kids do for an activity? Can we print your coloring sheets? And we'll print up like a black and white, which costs nothing to print. It's 10 seconds or 10 cents or whatever, print like something black and white. We'll print up a whole ton of coloring sheets with some kind of martial arts theme character on it. It'll have their business name and logo, their kids menu and everything on it. We'll even donate crayons if they don't have crayons. And we'll do like a coloring contest, right? We'll pick all those up at the end of each week. We'll call up. We'll have a, we'll give prizes out. We'll give away free intro lessons. We'll give away a free month of karate. We'll do all kinds of stuff. There's a place on there for them to write their name and their phone number. But the flip side is, we tell all of our members, hey, we're doing a coloring contest over at such and such restaurant. Go check them out this week. So now a bunch of our members are coming in. They're getting a ton of business and a ton of families coming in that don't normally come in. They're like, oh, this is crazy. This is awesome. So we're helping them grow. They're helping us grow. And that synergy between the two businesses is what really will help you flourish. And for new school owners, something to think about. Yeah. Here's one that I've done in, in the past as well. Menus. I will print the menus for a business. And of course, my thing is on the back because everybody always looks at the menu and then they look in the back. Here's my flyer. Or how about pizza boxes? They, every pizzeria has to buy pizza boxes. What if you went in there and say, hey, you know what? Next month, let me buy all your pizza boxes. They're like, what? Yeah. I'm just going to, once you talk to the printer, whoever they're buying their boxes for, and say, look, I want my logo on here. As long as the, the owner is willing to, for you to do that. Sometimes even with bags, right? Grocery bags, paper bags, anything like that. Even sometimes going into a sneaker store and saying, I'd love to put a poster on your wall that's going to highlight a spe specific sneaker. Okay, cool. But guess what? It's you in a martial arts uniform doing a side kick, a round kick, a high kick, any kick. And then at the bottom it says sponsored by. All of a sudden, guess what? Yes, it's going to cost you because they're not just going to want that cool poster up there. You're going to say, hey, for you putting that poster up there, I'll pay you a monthly fee. You don't, that wall is empty. Let me pay you for that real estate. And a lot of people don't understand that when you walk into a business, it's, there's real estate on every wall. But the owner may have, not, may have never thought as their walls as real estate. Another way to make 50 bucks a month. I had nothing on that wall. Now I have a cool picture. Love it. Great idea. How do you handle? Here's the first thing, right? I stopped accepting every person that walked through my door. And everyone is afraid of losing things. They're okay with adding things. So what I do is I take that away from them. I, they think they can just walk through my door and throw money at me 
and I'm going to go, yes, come on in. I say, I don't even want your money. I want to know who you are. This is why, break you said old school, but so many headaches have been avoided by that. I actually have turned, in the last month, I've turned several people away. They were just not a good fit. And I can tell, not because I didn't like them, I can tell that they would be a headache down the line. And I've even said, hey, there's a school not too far from here. And they're not my competitor because there's enough people in the world that we can be overflowing. The problem is if we take everyone, we can't service everyone. Can we? No, you can't. If you have, let's say you're in a small town, you have 3,500 people. Can you service as a martial arts school owner in a 2,000 square foot facility? Can you service 3,500 people? It, you could do it, but will they get that touch and feel? Will they feel like family? Absolutely not. So maybe you need to expand and create three or four more schools to take those 3,500 people. But if you're only running one school, how are you going to service that many people? The best way for you to service people is to say, hey, you know what? I have a friend down the block. Go to him. I have this one over here. He takes what you're doing. You may be looking for this particular type of martial arts. That's why I always say, what are you looking for? That's not what I'm offering. But once so goes over here, check them out. And a lot of times, they're going to go, wow, nice guy. They didn't have what I wanted. But he sent me this place, and I love it. I love where I'm going. And if anybody ever asks me for what he's referring to or what he's offering, I'm going to send them to him. It's that whole community thing, that whole thing where we are working together. And stop thinking of me and start being a giver and helping everyone that comes through your door. You can help them by one, accepting them if they're ready to be accepted. That means they're going to be a great student. And a great student doesn't necessarily know how to punch or kick. They just have to show up and be willing to do the work. But the parents, if they are adults, that's different. If they're kids, the parents have to be able to do the same thing. They have to be willing to bring the kids on time and participate. Then the other thing is that we have to think about, do we service them by turning them away because they're not the right fit for us? If I turn you away, I'm helping you. Yeah, we do something similar. I think when you're first starting a business, you take anyone you can, like, you got to pay the bills and you got to build this thing. But you get to a certain point when you've been in business a while that you start to understand that you have to protect the culture in your school. And protecting the culture at all costs is the most important thing. And I've had students who have just been a big disruption. We had one student I can remember in particular who every time he went into the restroom, he was breaking something or there was like, it was a mess. And uh, we had to let that student go. And so you start to realize that, okay, we need to filter these students before they get through the door, so to speak. And you got to understand who are you trying to service? I've got a great friend of mine down the road who has a special needs program and he does an amazing job with the special needs kids. Just amazing. And my heart's there too. However, I just don't have the capacity to be able to offer a special needs program and really give them the love and the attention that those students need. Yep. 
So I turn them over to my friend down the road who, can, who does specialize in that. And another example is some, we, we're not a competition school. I came up in the competition thing, did the competition circuit, and I love it, but that's not who we cater to. We cater to the students who are the outcasts, who aren't the ones that are great athletes and maybe who do sit on the bench a lot. And so when someone comes in and they're wanting competition and that's what they want, we're going to evaluate them and figure out why are they asking that question? Maybe it turns out that's not exactly what they want. They just think they want that. Mm-hmm. However, there's some students who come in and they have a competition background. They want competition. And in the past, I've, yeah, we do that. Come on in. We, we wanted the students. And it always ended badly on both sides. They didn't get what they were promised. And we felt like they left us and there was a weird relationship there. So now we know exactly what we do. We know exactly who we are. We protect the culture and we do filter those students when they come in. And if it's not right, it's not right. And we let them know. And we do. We just you will refer them to a, some other place down the road that we know will serve them better. Yeah, you're, you're helping them out. Right. Yeah. People remember that. I've turned away people maybe because they were not ready. They came in and they were spinning instead of <laughs> standing and still, right? Many years ago, I turned down a kid. He was three years old. I used to take him at two, believe it or not. And he was not ready at three. Meanwhile, I had two-year-olds that can do things that he was not ready for. So I told the parents, honestly, I said, not ready. I said, come back in a couple of years or a couple of months or whatever. Come back when you think he's ready. Okay. I never saw them. I expect that. You turn somebody down, they're not going to come back. I saw them seven years later. He was 10 years old. They came back and they said, he's ready. Hmm. He's one of my best black belts. But it was the parents realizing that I was being honest with them. And here's the thing, right? If you're honest with people, and you learned that, Josh, because you said, yeah, I can take you, but you were not being, you forget not being honest with them. You were not being honest with yourself. But now you realize, hey, you know what? That that costs me maybe my reputation or, or the, the bad feelings that you that came out of that. But now you realize that I have to value me before you have to have self-love before I can love others. So you realize that. And now you're doing it the right way. I did the same thing. I used to take everybody. And then the headaches were like an abundant. And so it was not good for me. And now I do what's right for me. And I do what's right for my community. And letting people know that they're not ready or we're not the right fit for you is okay. And it's okay to, even if you get someone and they were the right fit, or at least they fooled you, they fooled you thinking and and they come in, this is the best place, I'm gung-ho, I will be here forever. And then all of a sudden their attitude changes, this, that, the other. It's okay to fire them. Get rid of them and say, hey, look, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to give you your last month's payment back. And I, I think maybe you should go train somewhere else and let's part as friends. Because at least you're being honest, not only with them, but with yourself. Yes. And I've done yeah. that. I've fired students in the past. Yeah. Not a problem. And one of the students I fired is because the kids are sparring. And I like calling it fighting, but somebody told me that I shouldn't say that in front of parents, but I'm done with that. I now call it fighting. The kids are going to fight because they're going to learn how to defend themselves. If they're sparring, they're not hitting. So let's spar. And if your child cries, don't run to them. Let me handle it. I'll run to your kid and I'll talk positive energy into them. This is when I used to be backwards and I used to have a wall and the parents used to look through the glass 
I don't do that anymore. The parents are in the room because I'm going to have them hold pads. They're going to be part of the experience. It's it's like Rick said. It's a experience, right? It's a Walt Disney Disneyland experience. So now the parents are in the room. They're holding pads. They're holding things. They're swinging things at their kids. They're having fun. They're learning to punch. This parent is there bad-mouthing the other kids. And she's, my son is going to beat that kid up. And, the, and this woman was a surgeon. Her husband was a surgeon. I asked her to please come into my office. And I didn't hear it, but my receptionist heard it. And she came and told me. So I said, okay. So I asked her to come to my office. And she said, whatever you have to say, you say to me here. I had to fire her in front of other parents. She left. All the other parents applauded. I was blind to what was going on. But I'm no longer blind. We now have this community where the parents are part of everything. If I see someone's not happy, I immediately address it. So yes, we have, we have to do that. That's protecting the culture. And that's why everyone cheered. And it's the same thing with your staff too. I, like you, you may have that one staff member who's just like a drain on everybody. Mm-hmm. And you keep them around because you, know, you, want, you fear you, you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, whatever the case may be. But as soon as you let them go, it's like, oh, the weight's been lifted. And your staff really want you to do that for them. They want you to be the leader. And I think that's a part of being a leader in your business too, is sometimes you, you got to fire, you got to fire clients. I, I, I think of the book, The E-Myth, I think in the last chapter, mm-hmm. he talks about having a world of your own. And really a business is that, it's a world of your own. We can't really change what's going on in the outside world. We don't have much control over that, but we do have control of the culture and this world inside of our business. And so don't be afraid to protect that and to create a world of your own. And you'll sync up with like-minded people. And pretty soon you'll have that tribe. You talked about family. You'll have that community in your school of like-minded people. And you'll weed out the ones who don't fit. We had a parent a couple of weeks ago was griping about something. I don't even know. But up at the front desk was rude to our front desk person up at the front. And I just made it a point to have a talk with her and let her know, like, that's not acceptable here. It's funny when you're having that conversation with a client. My brother owns a business and he's, man, in our business, we can't have those kind of talks with clients. It's just not <laughs> something we can do. And it's funny, he's, man, you got a different thing going. We let that parent know that's unacceptable. We would never do that to your child and we don't expect you to do that. And that parent ended up apologizing and all is good now. And hopefully it stays that way. But yeah, it's just another example of uh, our business is so unique. We're teaching these things. And then we also have to make sure that we're enforcing them, not with our students only, but also with the parents in our school. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking as you were saying that is we're not only educating the parents, we're educating the parents as well. These parents come to us and they say, I want my child to learn discipline. Yet the parent has no discipline themselves. Or I want my child to learn to have respect. They need to be respected. They're getting in trouble at school and they're fighting with their brother and sister. But when they're pulling in the parking lot, they're beeping and flipping people off. And like, (laughs) you're not respectful yet. You want me to teach. So having that culture where, yeah, you can weed that stuff out and educate the parents. Like, hey, look, this is what we're trying to create. It's super important. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Right. Yeah. Yes, standards are it. You've got to have the standards and you have to make sure that they're known right from the get-go. This is how we do things here. This is who we are. So knowing who you are, being able to communicate that effectively with your parents and with the public. And then also making sure that, you, we talked about this earlier, you got to be careful who you align with. So I, I remember um, a little off topic, but somebody wanted me to come in and uh, and speak 
to uh, a medical marijuana company that was a whole bunch of guys working. They wanted me to motivate <laughs> because <laughs> they weren't really doing a whole lot. So like, Master Mando, we want you to come in, whatever. I'm kind of like, man, I don't know. So I, after talking to the guy, he was spaced out and just, oh, yeah, man, we're going to motivate and inspire. I'm like, I don't think this is going to be the right fit. And like, oh, man, our checks are good, man. I'm like, it's more than just a check. Like, it's a purpose. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just it's not just about your title or it's not just about you know, your message. It's about what you're here for. When you're standing there in front of somebody and you're leading your heart and your soul with your mission and somebody either A, doesn't value it, B, doesn't measure up to the standard, B, doesn't quite get it and refuses to, to get it, that's a time to cut. And, and so I agree with that. I think the number one thing that you can do is raise your price because if you charge what you, the value that you're giving, and people will tell you that with their, with their checkbook. I think that's important. I think you can weed out a lot of problems by raising your price. However, once that person is there and they know the culture and they know your standard and your system, you got to, at that point, you got to serve them. So if little Johnny's not paying attention and you see something in Johnny, use that you know, challenge as an opportunity to get him in for private lessons, get him into additional class, make him a leader in a smaller, younger class. There's always things to do be able to motivate and inspire somebody. But if Johnny, even through these through these systems you have in place to go ahead and close that back door, is still spacing out and spinning around a circle, and, you, and it, it's time we you guys say, well, this isn't the right fit for us. Certainly not right for you. I feel bad because I'm taking your money every month and Johnny's not getting any better. Maybe there's some sort of glitch here where I don't think we're going to be able to care of you or a no medical marijuana people i don't think i'm the right fit <laughs> and you have to know your value it's, it's the thing you've got to know what you're worth but also you can't be afraid to lead by example and look everybody has had to, we, we've seen it as soon as the pandemic hit some people haven't left their house in a year mm, they, they, their kids haven't left so when they come in they're super shy they're super apprehensive they won't look at you in the eye and that's okay that's an opportunity you know we, we certainly wouldn't would cut somebody for a lack of skill or a lack of attitude from the beginning. But for us, if there's if they're not measuring up to what the standard is, then that of course becomes a problem. And we obviously use it as an opportunity first to do either younger classes or more classes or private lessons or one-on-one -on -one coaching, which of course there's a fee for. But if not, then it is time to hold the line. I think that's intact. Yeah, I think that's a really good point is knowing the difference between are they living up to the standard of what we're trying to create and the culture we're creating? Or are they just not a great technical student yet? Because sometimes those kids that are shy or they're they're not very focused or whatever it may be, those are the people that need us the most. Those are the people that need martial arts the most. Maybe it is getting them into some private classes. Maybe it is a different solution. But knowing the difference between the two, I think for new school owners is super important. Very important. One topic I also would like to talk about is firing, right? And we talked about that a little bit. But Maybe let's say you hired somebody to help you with classes and you initially thought they were really good, but then all of a sudden they're lacking, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So maybe it's a time to evaluate and talk to them and figure out, are they good in this role? Maybe there's a different role I have to give them. Maybe program director was too much for them. Maybe they can't handle it. Maybe they're just assisting classes. Or maybe they're assisting in classes and they can handle way more. Let's put them into this position. 
maybe they're no good on the phone, but you hired them for the phone because they needed a job and they lied at their application, say, yeah, I answer the phone all the time, no problem. I don't mean talking to your friends, being good on the phone with a customer. Maybe before we fire someone, let's always be looking for their strengths. And maybe they're not in the right position, but they will shine in a different position and they will help guide your business differently. And this is just not martial arts schools. This is for anything. If you hire someone just to clean the place, and then all of a sudden, wow, they have good body mechanics. They move well. Let me keep looking at them. Huh. They, they're really friendly with everybody. I hired a girl. She had zero experience in martial arts. Her personality was off the charts. As I'm walking from... The front of my place, I have a 10,000 square foot facility. So from the front of my place to my back and people are leaving. There's different classes going on. People are leaving. Before I talked to this girl, she said hello to everybody. How are you? Hope you're having a great day. In my mind, she was hired because, and then that's the girl that I sent out in public. Because I knew she was going to be super friendly. She was going to represent me really well. And it was beautiful. I hired another guy who came in his military clothes. He came in. Big guy. He was a gunner. A marine gunner. And huge muscles, the whole deal. And he came in his dress, military clothing. He had military martial arts. Okay. He doesn't do the style that I do, which is fine. And he had a great personality. And I said, do me a favor. I said, and then there was another girl. I said, I'm going to actually, it's almost like The Apprentice. I'm going to have you guys, I'm going to pay you for the next two months. And one of you is going to win the position. I'm going to pay you what you want. This girl was beautiful. I said, I'm going to send you both out to go to the community and bring out awareness to our community. I want you to go to daycares, businesses, all kinds of things. She went out, very pretty girl. She got a few leads. He went out, tons of leads, tons of people coming to me. The difference was, I didn't know it at first, he wore that uniform everywhere. So he got that respect. He went into firehouses. The girl went into firehouses. They laughed her out. He went into firehouses all the guys came up to him, respected him. They came to my MMA class. All the firefighters, the volunteers, all these. So it's that perception of who's going to win. He won. She was gorgeous. He was smart. So it's we have to look at when we hire somebody, say yes to them at first and then fire them if they're not ready. And also let them know what to expect when you hire someone. This is what I need you to do. If you don't follow these guidelines, we'll part as friends. But if you just hire somebody and don't give them that talk of seeing if you're going to fit, if you don't let them know that, if then you may be an HR problem, right? Because now you fired them for no reason. Meanwhile, you have to document everything that's going on if you're going to get rid of somebody. So you don't have somebody coming back with a lawsuit because they fired me because I wasn't pretty or they, I didn't like me or whatever. But if you give them expectations when you hire at first, if I'm going to have you teach classes, this is what I need you to do. Maybe I need you to do the warm up. I need you to do the cool down. Or I need you to work with this age group, that age group. 
and this is your job. And if you cannot fulfill that part, then we'll part as friends. But you got to give them a window of opportunity of, say, maybe a month, two months, three months. And I just, I had a review with one of my employees. And every three months, I review them. And I said, this is what you didn't do. This is what you did do. And she put her head down. And I said, but I have really good news. She's okay. I said, I'm giving you a raise. And the things that you didn't do, I want you to fix them. Absolutely. I said, so let's write down the things that you didn't do and let's fix them. And I'll help you. It's taking that, how should I say it, that full interest in the people that you're going to be hiring work for you and helping you build your brand, your business. Absolutely. I think everyone has strengths and weaknesses, right? We're all human. We all have things that we're great at. We excel at. There's also a lot of people that have false sense of who they are, false identity. Like they think they're really good at something, but you're really not. So yeah, we have, we have to figure out what they are best at and what their strengths are and how their strengths fit into our business and how they're going to help excel the whole team and figuring that out for them sometimes, not letting them pick and choose, but figuring out for them what's their strength and what's going to help is super critical. And don't be afraid to move people around. Don't be afraid to like, hey, let's try this over here. I think you might be better in this position. I think maybe you might be better over here for this or that or whatever. But working with people and training them and building them up is a huge thing. Just being able to build them up and help them understand that, hey, look, like this is your really, this is your strength. This is how you're going to really help the school. This is how you're going to help our team grow. And people are open to that. They're open to that. And I think overall, you'll have a more successful team. I fired someone. This is what I did. They were hired to be my program director. And I gave them a thousand chances. And initially, they were great. And I know they are great. But they needed a wake-up call. All my talks with them didn't work. All my, hey, you're not doing this, didn't work. So I said, I need to talk to you. Okay. I'm sorry, but I have to let you go. Their face dropped. And I said, but I have a little bit of good news. I have a job opening tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And this is the requirements for that job. It was basically what I hired them for. So I said, your choice. You can come back for the interview and I'll interview you, a real interview. It's not, I will not know you. You actually have to bring me your resume. You have to bring me your accolades. You have to tell me all these things and what you will do for the business. And I will give you a real interview. But as of right now, please take your stuff, go home. And if you don't come back, I will give you severance pay as well. But you haven't done everything I needed. Thank you. They went goodbye. I was there early. They came. I did the interview. I rehired them. They're awesome. They're absolutely awesome. They're still with me. And it's letting sometimes people know that they've messed up in a dramatic way because that was dramatic, if you think about it. Yeah. We only, uh, we only hire in-house. At first, I, I remember the first 10 years here at the studio, I was teaching every class. And I remember one year I taught close to 4,700 classes in one year. And I was just, I was living here. Plus summer camps, plus uh, bully day, our stranger safety seminar. It was just insanity. And this was right before my son, who's almost 11 when he was born. My wife sat down and said, listen, you are literally going to implode. You know, <laughs> I, I taught every class for nine years of taking over the business. She said, We're going to have kids and you're going to be a father of any kind of capacity. You need, you need to develop your team. 
because you can't teach all the classes. And the hardest thing, somebody that's a type is to give up the reins to somebody else. That's the hardest thing, right? The most important thing in business is who does what, who do we give the reins to? And then how do we coach them up? So it's as close to you as possible. And one day exceeding anything that you could do. And that's why we want, we want to always hire smarter people than us and be around people that are better technicians. Maybe they don't know as much as we do, but definitely can deliver. Uh, so we, when, when that happened, it's okay. We've got to develop some sort of system here. And I know most of you guys have it, but you've got to develop some sort of system with your staff of how to coach. So I always go back to the story of the gentleman by the name of Mark Miller is higher up in the Chick-fil-A company. And he wanted to hire somebody that's basically going to be his right-hand person. And he interviewed, I don't know how many people, and he just kept landing on this one gal that like this girl, she's on it, man. She's on top of things. She's articulate. She's detail-oriented, so on and so forth. And before he hired her, he put her through 10 interviews, 10, 10 interviews. At the end, he finally gave her the job. And and she was like, oh my gosh, I I can't believe that I I survived all of this. And and this is over the course of a couple months. And, And then she finally said, well, did I not impress you or you know, what happened? And he said, listen, I want to hire you for the last position that you're ever going to have ever. I want you to retire here as my assistant, not three months from now, we part ways, not five years from now, we got a better offer somewhere else. No, I'm hiring you for life. Okay. Cause we want to be synergized on this mission that we have of not only serving chicken, but making a difference in our community. And that's when it all goes back to standard and it makes, making sure that you have the right systems in place and then being able to serve people. We only hire in-house now. Even if to work the front desk, you have to be referred. And there's a series of about four or five different steps, interview process. And I'm the last one. I always have the last say uh, of who we bring in. Like you treat people well. I'll just give you an example. I'm talking about our cleaning lady. We were closed for three months. Our cleaning crew, they got to check every single month during the three months. They didn't clean one time. There's nobody here. I was the only one in the building. They're not going to clean up after me. But it's the right thing. Once you find that right fit, and you want to always make sure you serve and take care of your people. Always. So I'll just kind of end with that. Yeah. Everybody else has the, to say about that, but I've really enjoyed the, the conversation. So I've definitely learned a handful of things, but that's for sure. But thanks for listening to my thoughts and my ideas. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we all learned something from each other. And I think that this is an important thing. You guys tell me and I'll take the lead. And maybe every so often we'll bring an extra person. and. I, I think that mindset and business and culture and everything that we're all doing, I think when we put a bunch of great minds together, we can build something even bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to. I think we're just scratching the surface. There's two yeah. things I love to talk about more than anything, martial arts and, and business. Those are my two favorite topics. And I just, I, I got notes here from listening to all you guys today. So I think like, like you keep saying that word synergy keeps popping up. And I feel like this is uh, creating a little synergy here as well. And for everyone who's listening, I'm down for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's great. I think there's a lot of knowledge that we still haven't even really been able to pour into. And everybody's got tons of things that they can learn from each other. We can really help our industry grow. But I just want to say thanks for having me on and thanks for doing this experience. I think it was great. I have one more thing I I am going to be doing. I'm going to actually be having a coaching summit i don't know where but i'm going to have where it's going to be live and virtual where i'm going to have coaches from all over the world come together a lot of them have been on my podcast have some have not been yet and where other people can come and learn and every coach will have a chance to share with the audience 
everything. And it's going to be virtual and it's going to be in person. And we may have people from doing coming in on a virtual huge screen and they'll do a, their presentation for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is. And then the cool thing about it is that as a coach, you may pick up clients or just make that network with other like-minded people. And even if you come in as a coach, you go, I really like that guy or I like that girl. And I want to hire them because they're going to elevate my business. So for me, the, the whole thing about coaching call is, and you guys, if you've heard it, it's promoting coaching because we've all had coaches. I don't care who you are, right? Your, your parents, your kindergarten teacher, everyone shaped us. People who have done us wrong have coached us, right? Because they taught us where to, to push away from. People who are not nice to us have shaped us. People who are nice to us have shaped us. So everyone, whether it's positive or negative, have shaped who we are. Josh, you're special because of the people around you. Kevin, you're special because of the people around you. Rick, you're, okay. special, you're special because of the people that you've <laughs> been around. The people that you grew up with, friends, family, mentors, coaches, so that's why I've built this whole platform and I want to keep growing it. I'd be honored for sure. I love that idea. Yeah, I think it's great. I think as I'm getting older and I'm not, I'm far from old, but I'm on the, I'm on the higher end of being an athlete. I think about this at the end of your life, right? Who's going to show up to your funeral and say that guy mattered. He did something. He impacted my life or my child's life. What are you going to leave? What's your legacy? And I think as coaches and instructors and martial arts teachers and business people, like we are charged with that power. We have that ability to actually change lives, right? Like so important. It's so much of what we do. It's so much beyond the kicking and the punching. And if we can have other successful martial artists, successful coaches, successful school owners and business owners. We, together as a community, can impact more lives. So I would definitely be involved. I would love to help out. And again, like I said, it's all about the legacy you leave behind. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you know I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Any last parting advice to anyone? Let's, let's not forget that we sometimes drive by a martial arts school and their windows are dirty. They barely have any students. There's garbage yeah. outside, all those things. And then we have somebody that we drive by and they have a beautiful looking school. Both of those people need help. Doesn't matter what your school looks like. It's what you're doing in your school. So any last parting words for anyone listening? Details matter. Be fanatically detail oriented. Details on everything. Details on your social media. Details on your classes. Details on the music. Details on how it smells. Details on how the chairs feel. Details on what people are hearing. All five senses come into play. Details. That starts who you are, what you stand for, what the detail of your life is. What have you been charged to do? Like he said, we're not just kicking and punching. We're the leaders. Like we're like without people getting into the military and learning discipline and respect, like this is the next closest thing. Mm -hmm. Like we are church for some people. We are church service Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Whenever you're coming in, that's the only time people are going to hear values because the school system, they promote sometimes, send them through. You know, just in our own area through the pandemic, it was made perfectly clear. No one fails the grade last year and this year. Like, mm -hmm. what? 
People aren't showing up. <laughs> there's a little girl. There's a little girl in my daughter's class that she hasn't logged on one time during virtual, not once. And she's gonna just move on. Like, what are we talking about? If she was a martial art class. She would have failed her gold belt test. Like, what? That's not how it goes. So details, details, details. Hold the standard. Lead by example. Be a winner in life. You do that by example. Absolutely. I'd like to say just that you are who you hang around with. And as business owners, I think it's important that we not only hang around with other like-minded business owners, but also other people who are entrepreneurs in other industries. I think there's a lot of inspiration, a lot of knowledge out there. I mentioned before, my brother is an entrepreneur and owns several businesses. So even when we get up at family gatherings and we talk, it's just neat to hear what's going on in different industries. And there's a lot of parallels and it allows me to think outside the box. I know when I was in the competition world for a while, my, my closest friends were all competitors. And so that's all we thought about. That's all we talked about. And I see a lot of those same friends in that same zone. They can't build their school past a certain level because they haven't really expanded their network uh, of influence. And doing stuff like this allows for that to happen and just lead a life that's inspired. And you have to search for inspiration in life. It doesn't just always come to you. You have to be constantly reading books and surrounding yourself in uh, social networks or listening to podcasts or whatever the case may be. But I'm always doing that. And that allows me, it really shapes my beliefs. We talked about beliefs before the podcast and, and my mindset. And like you said, that's everything, man. If you have the right mindset and you understand things and you look at life a certain way, that can be the biggest advantage you have in life. It's not what happens to us, but how we interpret those. We talk about the hero and there's a hero and there's a victim to every story. And some people play the victim in their life. And it's really just the mindset of how you choose to look at it. Those would be the biggest things I would say everybody who's listening to this can take with them in life, whether it's in business or just living your life in general. You got to actively look for it. Yeah. You can be better. You can do better. I think there's a lot of ego in this industry with martial artists, especially like somebody's a black belt and they open their school and they think that they got it all figured out. Like I know everything I'm going to, I'm going to be just because, first of all, you're a good martial artist doesn't mean you can run a good martial arts school, right? Or just because you're a good uh, business person doesn't mean you can teach effectively good classes and build good students. So we can all grow. Like Everybody can grow. There's always room to learn. There's always room to improve. Never stop learning. Never stop being a white belt. You might be a black belt in martial arts, but a white belt in business. Like We can all learn and grow and improve. And you got to always remember that there's always better. You can always do better. You can always strive for more. I think there's, like I said, a lot of ego and complacency in this industry. And I think people just need to realize, man, like you can still learn you can still learn there's always a better way to do it there's always a more successful path so it's just being open to that anybody here on snapchat oh yeah you are how, how do you think i communicate with all my teenage staff <laughs> that's right <laughs> I like i'll text them i'm not this is yeah this is where the attention lives all right guys thank you so much everybody have an amazing wonderful day go get them yes sir thank Take you sir. pleasure all right Take thanks care. guys have a fantastic week I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. 
To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you, and I really appreciate your help.